John, it's a feel-good edition of the pod. Just you and me. We're going to talk NFL, college football, and baseball. 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 Come on, man. You're not going to make me introduce this clip, are you? Flies it to center field. Mullins is going back on the track. At the wall. It's gone. And the rookie out of the eighth spot goes deep to center field. Rangers up 3-1. And we're back. The Marshan and Orient Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. Last week, we had Sean McManus, the chairman of CBS Sports, who's retiring after the Masters. Week before, the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. Uh, this week, you and I, we will be joined, a little Carp's Corner, a little five, six-minute segment with Austin Carp the sports ratings guru from the Sports Business Journal. And as always, if you can rate, subscribe, and follow. John, how you doing? I hate the happy talk at the beginning of, of the pod, but I got to tell you, my Saturday, I was in Columbus, Ohio, to watch my Terps lose by 20 on the TV. I'm watching the Orioles, the 101-win Orioles lose to the, the Rangers. I got to Camden Yards for a, a great game on Sunday. Another lot. It was a bad day. It was a bad weekend for Maryland sports. Bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not happy talk. It's unhappy talk. Unhappy. Uh, talk. We just did. <laughs> Who's up? Who's down? John, why don't you lead us off since you had all the unhappy talk? Yeah, I, I, don't, I only have who's downs this week, Andrew. Uh, my who's up? Uh, Jay Marine, Marie Donahue, and Amazon Prime. As I mentioned, I was in Columbus, Ohio on Thursday night, uh, staying at a Hyatt, not a Red Roof Inn. They could not get the game in, in the hotel. They didn't have it in the hotel bar. You couldn't watch it in, in, in the room. And those are some of the hiccups that I was expecting as we were moving forward. Listen to some of these numbers that Amazon is posting for, for Thursday Night Football so far this year. Four games in, all four games are up double digits. Uh, I know they have a better schedule. Even the, uh, the Bears and the Commanders fa uh, failed to excite. But uh, all told, viewership is up 20% over last year after four games, almost 14 million viewers per game. Uh, and the Bears-Commanders game, again, just a, not a very attractive matchup, by far the most watched thing on TV or streaming. So it's a, it's a big audience. It's a younger audience. And most importantly, because I hate talking about Amazon's viewership because it, it, it to me, this package and some of the uh, numbers coming from it, it's technically very sound. And it's sending a, a very big message to the NBA, to the college football playoff, to NASCAR, to whoever else is out there that Amazon is able to handle these big streaming numbers that uh, sports provide. Okay, my who's up is CBS's Matt Ryan. CBS added Matt Ryan this year, joining Andrew Catalone and Tiki Barber uh, on their fourth team uh, for NFL games. And Ryan has been a quick study. He seems into it. Uh, he's informative. Uh, and there's a lot to say. And that boost's been pretty good. It's hard to to start with a trio. Um, and I think CBS did that in part to make it easier for Matt Ryan. Um, I was told when he was looking into doing this that he that he could be really good, that he has more personality than maybe uh, people knew. Uh, he was down in Atlanta. He had a very good career. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, almost won a Super Bowl, 23, very famous. Uh, but Matt Ryan uh, has shown a lot of potential uh, as a future game analyst and a current game analyst. Uh, so he's my who's up. 
All right, my who's down is uh, Kevin Mayer and Tom Staggs. They're uh, two former Disney executives who currently run Candle Media. That's the Blackstone-backed uh, company that uh, bought LeBron James's production company, among other uh, pur purchases uh, over the past couple of years. Bloomberg's uh, Lucas Shaw, he had an eye-opening story about how Candle Media is projected to make 50% less in revenue than it had expected in, in going into this year. And anybody who listens to this podcast knows why. Wall Street at one point said that it wanted to, to see subscriber growth. So all these companies spent lavishly on, on programming in order to drive subscribers. Then all of a sudden, Wall Street said, well, you know what? We want to see profits over subscriber growth. So all these companies ended up tight, tightening their belts uh, and, and focused much more on, on profits. A company like Candle was caught in the middle. Complicating this story, and the reason that they're in my who's down, Andrew, is, is the fact that Bob Iger hired Mayer and Staggs to consult with Jimmy Vitaro on ESPN's inevitable direct-to-consumer push. So the big storyline that anybody listening to this pod should be taking a look at, uh, anybody interested in sports media should take a look at, is what is the impact that the candle media problems are having will have on what they're doing with Disney's uh, direct-to-consumer push? How involved will they uh, remain in D Disney's direct-to-consumer push? I think those are open and open questions to uh, keep an eye on. Hi, John. My who's down is NFL Network's Rich Eisen. Eisen's doing the play-by-play -play for the NFL Network schemes from London last Sunday. It was the Bills and the Jags. And the problem is, is when studio guys go into the booth, many times they're just a little bit off and you watch and things happen and you're like, wait, I thought that was like a big play or I thought there's a penalty. And because they're just a tick off, they don't do it all the time. You just, you can, it's very noticeable. It, it sounds like a studio guy doing play by play. And that's Eisen's issue. Uh, Kurt Warner is a good analyst. Um, and Eisen obviously is a long time host. That's where his specialty is. Uh, I think to me, this is, we've seen this before. A lot of the ESPN uh, people who aren't as good on play-by-play, -play, uh, it's because they're really studio guys and don't have the reps. I think it's the same case here with Eisen, and that's why he gets my who's down. All right, uh, Andrew, let's get into the topics. Uh, in your uh, Monday morning newsletter, uh, New York Post Sports Plus, uh, you had an interesting story about Turner uh, getting a lot more involved with the discussions of the college football playoffs. Well, here's the thing. I think Turner is is going to go strong for these college football playoffs. Now, obviously, they're first and foremost, they want to retain the NBA. They do that. That might, you know, depending on the timing of everything, uh, that might take them out of the uh, NCAAs. But I, I do think that we talked about this before. There's a little bit of a bursting of the bubble. And the idea that these extra games, especially, are going to be worth $60 million a game, which is, I think, what college football is looking for. I don't know if that's going to happen unless you have someone who's not involved right now. I don't know if ESPN does that. I don't know if Fox does that. Um, and so I do think that there is a lane if they want to spend big um, and to get into college football, this could be it. And, you know, once you kind of get in there a little bit, you can expand and expand, um, and especially if they don't get the NBA. So uh, I do think they want to be aggressive. I think they've had a lot of cuts uh, in recent years since the merger, uh, and I think that this is something they are looking at 
very closely, uh, and I think that they, they could make a strong bid. I saw your story uh, that, that you broke. I made, immediately made calls uh, after it. Uh, the NCAA had a meeting in Chicago a couple of weeks ago where they entertained uh, NBC, they entertained ESPN, Amazon, and Turner. Uh, and so Turner definitely has an interest in this. My sense is that this is a hedge, uh, just in case that for some reason that they don't keep the NBA, but they, they know that they want to keep the NBA and they know they're going to have to pay up uh, to keep the NBA uh, uh, pretty exclusively. The other thing that, that, that I, I realized is what they're really talking about right now is like a two-year deal because ESPN has the finals and the semis uh, you know, for, for the next two years, I always bring up the uh, Boise State Alabama game. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know what the twelve five game would be this time that they'd be bidding on? Wyoming at uh, Ohio State. Of, of course, one of the other ones is in Alabama. How much should that go for, in John Oran's opinion, per game? Um, not sixty million. Uh, that okay. that. But but the other game is Alabama at Penn State, so that could go for it. So you you just never know. I I went to the the final last year, the TCU versus georgia final and it, i think what, what was the final score 70 to 7 for yeah. that like it was a, you see these blowouts more more often than not i was at the uh, maryland game maryland played them tough still lost by 20 it, it wasn't wasn't competitive in in the fourth quarter and and so you know th that's something that that is uh that that you look at on there and also i think the company to watch on this is uh amazon amazon uh i think uh jay marine and uh, Marie Donahue made a really big push to go after the Big Ten. Uh, Jay Marine, a Michigan grad, loves uh, lo loves college sports, loves college football, and the the idea that they push so hard for the Big Ten shows that they they do want to get involved with this in some form. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, no, Amazon for sure uh, makes a lot of sense, and we've kind of been pushing Amazon for a while. I also think though, if you're college football. I think this is something that we kind of talk about. You do want to think about the contract at hand, and obviously money usually wins the day. But you also want to look where are you going towards the future. And two things here. I do think you know the mo what makes the most sense is Fox and ESPN, if you get the money. They're the two biggest uh, in terms of college football during the regular season, and that's going to continue with the new deals. Um, and so I think there would be a continuity if you, if you had Fox and ESPN. I don't know if Fox is going to go as heavy after it, from what I can tell, I think they're interested, but I, I don't know if they're going to go crazy um, for the college football championship. Um, and so, yeah, I do think you're right. There is a lane for Amazon. Uh, but I also think that we also sometimes act as if like Max and WVD Sports, they don't have money. Like they have money if they want to. And so, I, I, you know, I don't know if these people are just going to sit back and say, okay, Amazon, you just take everything that, that you know, that we're not going to go after any of these other things um, because they do have value. I get it. They, they might not have $60 million worth of value, but they do. It is going to be a big deal. And long term, if you want after ESPN's, you know, if you can get in there, um, you know, the national championship where the, and the semifinals is where the money is, especially with this new format. You want a prediction on that? I, I, I think Turner's interest is real. Uh, I think their interest is particularly real two years down the line when they can bid on everything and get that in there. By that point, they're going to know if they have the NBA and they're going to know sort of uh, have a better sense of what they can afford financially. If they don't get the NBA two years down the line, boy, that's that's going to be really attractive. And just to be clear, so the next two years, uh, they could do either, you know, with these extra rounds of playoffs that are coming in next year, they could either 
you know, have a deal with ESPN or ESPN could make it so they open it up to other people. And ESPN could also try to use it to, to get an extension on the championships. Yeah, and John Diamond, their head ad sales guy, can uh, take his clients to the uh, big Wyoming-Ohio State game. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun, John. <laughs> You're so down on Wyoming. And we have we have people who listen in Wyoming. Right? We like should I go back things. to should I go back to Boise State, Alabama? That, that's always been my, uh, my my key. Let's go to a topic two, Andrew. All the Taylor Swift news that's fit to print. What do you got? <laughs> Last week I wrote about the NFL told the networks or really asked the networks to put Taylor Swift promos. If I can uh, interrupt in their- you for a second, when the NFL asks the networks, they're basically telling the networks, aren't they? Uh- they? They usually are. But in this case, I mean, these promos, you know, in general, you have to pay a lot of money, you know, for Sunday night football for the games. It's almost a million dollars, a 30 second ad. So this was in the pregame ESPN and NBC put it in the pregame shows. Uh, CBS and Fox didn't, uh, they didn't really have any, um, ways to they didn't have the Chiefs. There wasn't really a way to get Taylor Swift in there, uh, which would have been more forced. Uh, ESPN decided to do it. They do more of you know they don't have a game on Sundays. They do have one on Monday. They did both days. They gave the promo uh, for Taylor Swift. It's sort of a weird precedent, and it's a weird thing. Here's my question to you: What's the NFL's end game here? You know, I I think it does open up some new audiences to come in and watch. I think that. It goes off our, a topic that we were talking about last week with the um, the Toy Story game or the, the Nickelodeon game, which is just trying to, to get younger. Look, the NFL already, more so, just, just because it's so much bigger than all the other networks, it, it gets more uh, of the young female demo than any other uh, sport that's out there. And this is a way to sort of, you know, try to not solidify it so much as as it like get them to come in and, and sample it a, a little bit more, make it a little bit stickier. So I that's that's what I see as the end game. I also think they they don't mind being a part of pop culture. That just yeah. sort of helps helps lift everything else out there. And Amazon Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, we're recording on Tuesday. Comes the pie comes out on Wednesdays. I Taylor Swift's definitely gonna be there. Her movie comes out the next day. I can't imagine she's not gonna be at Thursday's game, correct? Uh, oh, I, I, I would assume so. I haven't, I, I'm not doing the reporting. I don't have sources with, with uh, Taylor Swift. By the way, on your story, I, Jimmy Traina noticed this on X. You you did try to contact Taylor and you were unable to. Uh, to, to yeah, unable to be reached. Yeah. yeah, Taylor's unable to be reached. Um, Brian Costello from The Post did text me, do I need her cell phone number? Uh, our Jeff Beat writer, <laughs> <laughs> which was but- tremendous. Cos team guy. But you look, I had in my, in my newsletter that comes out on Monday night, which is actually about Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, and, and his his uh, uh, retrospective of his year last year when, when he was on on the Eagles. That was the uh, that's been in the top five of Amazon Prime movies for the uh, for uh, since it launched in uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was the most watched um, movie, Amazon Prime movie uh, over three days in Amazon's history. Uh, so there is some some sort of like Kelsey effect and Taylor Swift effect that is certainly sprinkling dust everywhere there. And Amazon, they got to you. I mean, they got to you. You were, I've been more a little more pro Amazon. <laughs> now you're pro Amazon. Um, the, they, numbers the numbers Alexa, don't the numbers don't lie. 
the numbers don't lie. Like if the numbers were down, I would have been, uh, I would have been all over them the other way, but they're not. I wish, I mean. You said they had to get like the Super Bowl or it doesn't count. You kept saying Thursday night football, worst package ever, worst package ever. It might not be the worst package. They, 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 we'll see. Well, and, and in fact, this is totally inside baseball stuff, but ESPN now is sort of a simulcasting on, on ABC and they're able to collect the Manning cast audience with the ESPN audience with the broadcast audience. And I think there's a real fear of, of, of uh, you know, boy, we don't want to finish with an average audience that's below Amazon's, do we? Mm. That's a, that's a story to watch. All right. Let's just talk a little bit of baseball. We bring in uh, Austin Carp to, to go further into it. This is something I wrote about in my newsletter the other day, and it has to do with the NBA and with baseball and the idea that they got to figure out a way to make these regular season games more important. Um, because I, and I know you enjoyed your Orioles season. Um, but overall the NBA, as it goes into new deals, I think they're going to be fine in these new contracts, but I don't know if they're offering that much value, especially nationally, right? Regionally. Yeah. There's still value. Um, but nationally where in a world where you can kind of almost get every game, the idea is to be able to make it accessible, right? That's the Apple idea, make it accessible everywhere. You know, that's what ESPN's idea is too. They want you, they want to be everywhere. Um, these national games though, when you can get almost any game, you know, if you pay for it, if you, there's a way to get almost every game, how do you keep these national games worth something? I think that's an issue that baseball has. I think it's an issue the NHL has, and it's an issue that the NBA has for the regular season. Do you agree with that? Uh, I agree with that, but I, I, I don't, I don't lump them all together. I think the NBA has done an, an excellent job of creating stars that people want to see. So it's LeBron James and Kevin Durant. I think uh, Giannis in Milwaukee. Yeah, who would think that Milwaukee would He's such would, a big star? You never say his name right. I, I, it, Giannis. I, 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 oh, oh. <laughs> and secondly, Giannis. the other issue is the other issue is now the guys you mentioned actually aren't big load management guys. They actually do play, but a lot of these guys don't play. And I think that's a huge issue. If you're going to give the NBA a huge check for, you know, a lot of regular season games. And again, I don't you know. I know they tried to, they put some rules in this year. Maybe it'll help, but I think it's tough. If you've got a spotlight game and the stars don't play, cause they are very star relevant. I think the other issue I've said this before, I think social media is a big problem for the NBA in terms of, getting people to watch the actual games, especially regular season, because you don't miss anything in terms of the amazing plays. You see every amazing play, even if you watch it live or not. See, I'll say it's a big problem for the media networks, not necessarily the NBA. People will say that. Well, eventually they're going to say, I'm not going to pay for it if less people are watching. Uh, until like you, you get older and, and get a, 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 an income. I mean, you, you didn't pay for a, a ton when you were 20, 21 e either, I don't think. So I understand. What's the point? That eventually, as you get older, you, you oh, you then you'll pay, pay for it. Yeah, okay, you so old people pay for it, so then the young people can watch it on social media. And, and 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 well, that's how that's how people are consuming the games now. But so. I think that they should they like history should teach them a little bit. Like I think like the World Series, which we're going to talk about in a second with Austin, is that like I think that the idea that the World Series being on so late at night has hurt baseball nationally is accurate because if you're a kid who never watched the World Series never saw the end of a game as a kid. It's yes. If your team, if the Orioles are in it, sure. You're into it. But just in general, the spectacle of the world series on a national level is less because you never saw it. And so you can't ask people to think it's such a great thing that even if my team's not in it, I want to watch it. If they never witnessed it. 
Um, and I think that's, you know, obviously the advantage the NFL has. It's only once a week during the regular season, the playoffs, you know, one game that you're really as interested in. And then the Super Bowl is at 630 at night. Um, and so they make everything very easily and accessible for all fans. And I think baseball, um, this is an issue that they've, they've run into with these late starts um, and these evening games of people who work or have school. It's hard to stay up for these games if it's not your team. Pitch clock will help. Pitch clock will help a little bit. And that's a good thing that they kept the rules, uh, no matter what Fox thought. Better that they have the, uh, the same rules and quicker games. It makes for a much more exciting brand of baseball. Andrew, I rarely pull this out, but you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> that That is like, that's probably, we, we might want to edit that out. That's such a bad take. 1979, game seven, Orioles, Pirates. I had to go to bed in the third inning like or the fourth inning because it was past my bedtime. I, I woke up and grabbed the Washington Post to see who won. But there were games that, but there were some games, I believe, and you're just, you're catching me off here, but I think some of those games were during the day. We should get Mike Mulvihill on, go through every ratings point and, and every single demo. It, it increases as you go later on. That's an East Coast bias there. There's plenty of kids on the West Coast. And if you go to games, there are a ton of kids going around the games. The kids are still no, baseball fans. I don't disagree fans. that they get more people. I just think no seeds are planted. Like, I don't think any seeds are planted. Like, I, I get it. I always say this. They don't They don't schedule the games when they think less people are watching, so they go later. It's just that you, you take the incentive of people to watch the most important parts. You miss the most important parts. That's something that the numbers don't actually agree with because, like, the youngest demos, are there more, more of them watching as it gets later? Does anybody go to school? I know it's it's crazy. Enough of you ripping me. Let's get to the carbs corner. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't be more wrong. And now for something completely different. All right, John. With that, let's turn to carbs corner. Carbs corner. Carbs corner. Austin Carp. Uh, ratings guru for Sports Business Journal. Uh, we have him in to talk baseball uh, and to continue the conversation. So, Austin, let's uh, let's focus on the uh, Major League Baseball right now. Uh, th- this season, uh, I I found myself well, p- probably because the Orioles were winning, but uh, I watched more baseball this season than I have the uh, previous seasons. I loved the rules changes. I loved the pitch clock. I love the length of games, all of which came down. Uh, when you crunch those numbers, though, that the, there weren't the increases that I was expecting. No, definitely not on the national side, the national network side, John. So if you're consuming your games mainly through ESPN, Fox, FS1, even TBS, yeah, those numbers were down from last year, even with the shorter games. You know, ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, they had fewer of those Yankees-Red Sox matchups, probably because late in the season, those teams weren't really in contention, so you weren't filling in the gaps with the Yankees-Red Sox matchup. So that led to a little bit of a decline over last year. You know, Fox actually was up, but that really had not, nothing to do with the game performance. That was kind of a schedule shift for them. They front-loaded a lot of their games on the Fox Broadcast Network. Usually, you don't really see games on that Fox Broadcast Network until Memorial Day. You saw a ton in April, a ton in May, and that shift helped them actually see an increase over last year. But look at network versus network. You know, it was kind of a decline year over year for both Fox and FS1 there. You know, and TBS was actually a really interesting story. They were up 40% at the break, okay, and actually ended the season down 2%. How is that possible, you say? 
you know, TBS has non-exclusive games, and they, last year, loaded up with Yankees and Aaron Judge's chase for the home run record at the end of the season. That dropped off a map here, you know, with the comparisons at the end of the regular season, and they actually ended down around 2%. You know, Andrew, the best part about having uh, Austin Karp on this is that he, he's another diehard Orioles fan. And as a diehard Orioles fan, we loved seeing the Red Sox in the cellar, the Yankees almost in the cellar. That must not have been good for baseball, though, and, then, and the baseball TV ratings. Well, you talked about the way that you consume games and the way I consume games. We're watching our team. We're watching the Orioles, and that was reflected in the local numbers. Orioles RSN ratings on Masson. Third best increase among all teams. And, you know, on the whole for the RSN side, they were flat, maybe up a little bit. And that shows that there still is an appetite for those games, the tonnage of how people consume baseball on those regional sports networks. Your leading teams, the Rangers, even the Pirates were number two overall in gains. They were out of it most of the second half there, but a stronger performance earlier meant that people were tuning in to watch no matter who they're playing. Okay, the Pittsburgh market isn't going to be dependent on Yankees, Red Sox. People there want to watch the Pirates win or lose. And Mets and Yankees, I think, are down about 25%, right? Yeah, big drop-offs there, obviously, with the, the performance on the field, both of those. And you know, that hurts the RSN overall because those are big market numbers bringing things down a little bit. All right, let's bring it to the playoffs. ESPN's numbers weren't good. Um, why? It's being very nice. They were down 18% the wild card round. Okay, so why, why such a dramatic drop off? You know, there was a shift this year. Last year, wild card round was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so you had more, you know, higher. Uh, in terms of people using television, the numbers were a little higher. This year, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you had two of those games each day with a 1 o'clock and a 4.30 start. People are working, people are in school. Okay, everyone talks about wanting to, you know, have kids be able to watch it. Okay, you can do it on the weekend at one o'clock. You can't do that at one o'clock, four thirty on a weekday. And adults are, you know, working for the most part. Even with streaming, it's not going to pick up the slack there. So you're saying it's better to to go against college football and potentially the NFL than it is to have your own windows earlier in the week? It turns out so. I mean, plus it also helps if you have some bigger market teams when you you know you just didn't have that this year. Then you had the sweeps. No game went to a game three, um, but there was only one game three last year. Even if, but even if you took out that Padres Mets game three last year from the wild card round, this the, the wild card was still going to be down thirteen percent. Those eight games versus eight games. So it was you know without the Yankees, without the Red Sox, no Cubs. Like you just didn't have a lot of the big market good stories to tell this year. Uh, in, in baseball in the wild card round at least. And I just don't think it's going to portend well for the World Series numbers either if certain teams don't make it. Yeah, so who who do they, like when we're doing this series, the DS series are ongoing, your Orioles are in trouble at the moment. Um, and we'll see, you know, people might know where the Orioles, how they're doing even more by the time they listen to it. But it doesn't look good for Fox. I guess they want the Dodgers to come back. That would be number one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it gives you the second biggest media market in the country. You know, Dodgers, Braves, if they can get there, that's an inc- I think that'd be a really strong NLCS number. Um, Dodgers or Braves, I think, would perform well in the World Series. But on the AL side, yeah, if you're staring down the barrel of Twins or Rangers, uh, or, you know, they would re- probably want the Astros to come back. I think a repeat of Astros-Dodgers is the best-case scenario at this point. You have a, a lot of baseball fans out there, especially in New York, who might tune in to cheer against the Astros, and that could help Fox maybe stay above, I hope stay above, that 10 million viewer average for the World Series. Let's just take a worst-case scenario. Let's have uh, the Diamondbacks 
going against the Rangers. What was the last year's number at Austin? Last year's number was around 11.8 million on average. That was, you know, six games, Astros, Phillies. Um, if you get a Diamondbacks Twins series, I think you're going to really be pushing it to try to stay above 10 million. I don't think that get gets above 11 million. And so you're talking about the second least watched World Series on record behind only that pandemic series back in 2020. Austin Carr, bearer of bad news for baseball, but we appreciate it. Always a good segment. Corbs Corner. Corbs Corner. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, John. Austin was good. Um, You know, this week, just you and me, two weeks ago, we had Manford on. Uh, Last week, McManus. Uh, Those were were fun. What we haven't done uh, in a little while is call of the week. Uh, I don't know if I want to hear this one, Andrew. Well, no, it's not. I picked it. It's not a, uh, it's baseball, but it's not Orioles related. Uh, thank God. <laughs> Just game throw a strike. Two. All they have to do is throw a strike. Game two, Braves, Phillies, Brian Anderson on the call. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's out. That's a strong call from Ryan Anderson. I'll give it 4.6 out of five. Ooh, a very, that's a, lot a of very good there. score. Yeah. A very high score. One, the only thing he was missing was the, uh, if you're, you can't see it, obviously, if you're watching this, but uh, the player who backed up the uh, cutoff man, uh, he needed that name, um, you know, in the call to get probably closer to that five out of five and get the sirens going. Um, but still very good call. Good enthusiasm on top of it. So 4.6 out of five for Brian Anderson. I really like the way Anderson calls a game. Have you ever given a 5.5 clicker? I've score? given a 5.5. 5. Ah. Um, it's, it's rare. Um, well, the thing is, I used to miracles. do it on social. That's... I used to do it on social. And it is nitpicking. Like if someone doesn't get a 5.5 and everyone goes crazy. So I did actually do this on social, but only because someone asked, I replied to somebody. I didn't do it to the masses. Didn't want to call it <laughs> controversy. Um, <laughs> it's so important. Uh, well, that's going to do it, John. Uh, if you want to nope. like, if you want to follow, if you want to make a comment, we appreciate it. Um, and uh, like I said, if you want to go back in the archives, we had long interview with Sean McManus last week. And then the previous week, uh, another long interview uh, with the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manford. Long interview. So we're going to keep this pod nice and short, Andrew. Uh, always great to do this. Please like and subscribe. Thank you to Chris Mason back from his uh, anniversary uh, the, the the master of the board, AC Wyatt, thank you as well. And thank everybody for listening this long. Thanks for listening. I don't even know my NASCAR well enough to make that joke, AC. Fair. Yes, they, they <laughs> use tires and not sneakers. <laughs> He's like high maintenance. You know what? Before he started doing Deitch's podcast, he was not high maintenance. Yeah, he just comes he was, now just like he's... a regular guy. But now look at him. All right. I should have expected that. We're introducing you as Benedict Austin Carp. <laughs> but I did help you guys win an important battle in Albany. That is true. There you go. Good. That's a good comeback. Come